You're listening to the In Search SEO Podcast by Rank Ranger. That's right. You are listening to the In Search SEO Podcast, the podcast that paints the town red with succulent search marketing insights bring out your cheese bring out your cheese because the one the only john mueller is here and we are going to explore every nook and every cranny of what it means to be john mueller we're getting into the fun the dumb and the controversial things that go into helping seos of all skill levels out when you only have 280 characters it's going to be awesome But before we jump into life as John Mueller, I have something else that's awesome I want to share with you. It's a look at how aware of changes to an entity Google actually is. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the very much, very into baseball and sports of all kinds, even though she really loves baseball, Sapir Carabello. Yeah, I love baseball. I knew it. Hi, Morty. How's it going? (laughs) All good. How are you? Um, I don't want to answer that question. Why? Why? Because where I live is doing something really stupid with Corona, and I want to say some bad words. No, no, please don't. And I'm very angry about it because my wife works um as a nurse at a nursing home, and she's high risk because she had cancer, and now we're doing something really stupid here, and I'm angry. Oh. But on a happy note, I watched hockey last night, so total uh, okay. trade-off. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't like hockey either? It was awesome. It was the Rangers and like the, Pan- the Panthers and general. the Hurricanes. I, I don't like sports, okay? Don't watch it. Not interested in that. Don't know anything about it. That's it. Fine. Fair enough. Fine. So lucky for you, we have a very much sports-focused SEO segment coming your way. All of, uh, yeah, so it's going to be great. I, I, I love doing that to you. I love like when something – like the stars align perfectly. It's like about SEO. It's really cool, and it involves sports, and it's going to tick you off. So it's like, oh, this is great. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. You're just like tormenting me. The okay, stars aligned. The stars aligned. Uh-huh. Okay, well, do not forget we put out a new episode of the Insert SEO Podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on SoundCloud, and of course you can find it on the Rank Ranger blog, subscribe on iTunes, and find it wherever great podcasts are found. Also, be sure to check out Rank Ranger. It's not just a rank tracker, even though rank is in our name. We go way beyond with all sorts of competitive and cert feature insights, analytic insights, and whatever other insights you're looking for, because we have tons of integrations. Check out Rank Ranger at, you guessed it, Rank Ranger com. Sign up for a 14-day free trial. We don't take your credit card because we're not spammers. Okay. So, as I mentioned, Sapir, I know you love combining sports and SEO. <laughs> this is so good. I have a real gem here. It's like, uh, uh-huh. it's so good. when It's so good when it hits the lips. It's so good. It is I'm the, sure it is, right? It is. No, it's absolutely amazing. Okay, it's like the perfect synthesis between Google's understanding of entities and the greatest sport known to humankind, baseball. And it's really funky. 
So here is some funky SEO for you. Banging out the funky beats. Okay. So I spotted this two weeks ago, and the problem was that last week we spoke about the COVID-19 syrup and how things are stabilizing, and I kind of thought, well, that's more important than this, even though I think this is way cooler. So I pushed mm-hmm. it off. So we're going to talk about it today because I didn't want to skip over it. Um, and also because it is an SEO story and it's a baseball story. So, so exciting. So exciting. Yeah. So exciting. So exciting. And the best part is, yeah, go, you, I, don't, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just wanted to express how, you know, excited I am. I know. Yeah. I know. I can feel it in your voice. Uh, I'm really yeah. excited. I'm like, I'm like giddy as a schoolgirl here. Um <laughs> Um, I'm not okay. Right. So the best part is, I need to give you some context, which means I need to go down a small, small baseball wormhole here, very quickly, and it's gonna pay off. So pay attention if you don't like baseball, please. I I, I beg you. Okay. So mm-hmm. so two weeks ago or so, I'm not good with time. I don't really know exactly when. Maybe it was three weeks ago already. The Major League Baseball season started with a lot of modifications to handle COVID nineteen. Uh, well, they're they're not doing a great job with it. Like half of one of the teams has COVID-19 as a separate story. But again, this is not a baseball podcast. So we won't get into that. Oh, it isn't? No. You fooled me. Oh, no? No. do I sense snarkiness? <laughs> do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, I don't know. Doesn't matter because this is a segment we're doing up here. So you got to live with it. It is what it is. So two, three weeks ago, baseball season started with all sorts of modifications to deal with the corona. Um, and just as the season was about to start, like literally, maybe two days max, the day before the season was going to start, a giant bombshell dropped out of the sky. Wow. <laughs> Can you get to the point, please? <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> What's with this fake suspense? Like, seriously, no one cares. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, there is a baseball team that plays in Canada. There's one baseball team that plays in Canada. They are the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the plan was for them to play in their home stadiums, and all the all the teams to play in their home stadiums and That's travel. That's a nice name. The Blue Jays? Yeah. Or Toronto? It's pretty. No, Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very pretty. Whatever. I, thank you for that. Um, <laughs> the, the teams are going to go from stadium. Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. I'm from stadium to stadium, like a regular season, traveling around, except there would be no fans at the stadiums. The problem was Canada said, okay, well, let's take a look at this shit show that's the U.S. and, and, and let you back in. No. Like, you can leave. You can go play. You can go play the Yankees in New York. But you are not coming back into our lovely country of Canada, pristine Canada, after you go into that COVID hellhole known as the United States. In other wow. words, yeah. Uh, crazy, right? Right. Two days before the season started, so now they have nowhere to play. Nowhere. Okay. Because if they, if they so, stay in Canada, they can't play anybody, which means they forfeit the season, which means they forfeit all that money. No one wants to forfeit money. So, two days so. before the season began, the Toronto Blue Jays started shopping around for a new stadium, a stadium in the corona-infested U.S. at which they can um, play baseball at, their, their home stadium. So, at the time... Um, and then I did the search that I'm about to share with you. It was decided that the Toronto Blue Jays would be based out of Pittsburgh and they would share PNC Park, that's the name of the baseball stadium in Pittsburgh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates, or as my family calls them because they're from Pittsburgh, the Buckos. The Buckos suck. I am not a Buckos fan. I am not a Bucks fan. The Bucks have not been good since you know, Rob- Roberto Clemente went down in a you know f- ball of flames. Okay. Okay. 
Anyway, the search that I did while everyone was reporting on the Blue Jays playing in Pittsburgh, supposedly, was, drumroll, are you ready for it? Toronto Blue Jays. That's what I searched for. Amazing, right? Who would have thought? Sure. Right. This is the point where I fake my understanding of what you're talking about. (laughs) What's hard to understand about I searched for Toronto Blue Jays. That's not hard to understand, Sapir. Okay, so you... Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? I didn't really say anything yet. I just gave you the background for the story of the baseball. There are too many... There are too, too many baseball group names there. I don't know, team names. I don't know. There's two. Anyways. The Pirates and the and oh. Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are, at the time of this search, were going to play their home games at the same stadium as the Pirates of Pittsburgh. Oh. Okay. Okay. We're, we're, we're good here? I think so. Okay, so I search for <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays. Now, if you are familiar yeah. with queries for sports team, they typically, they're an entity. So they get a nice-sized knowledge panel to the right of the organic results on desktop. Obviously, there is no right of the results on mobile. In this case, just as all of this was going down, and keep in mind, this whole story is just hours old. But when I was searching for this, maybe... It was like an hour old. My brother-in-law texted me. He's like, oh, hey, did you hear the Blue Jays are going to play at, at PNC Park in Pittsburgh? I'm like, no, let me check that out. The story was an hour old. Okay. Okay, and there was a section in the Blue Jays knowledge panel that read, <clears throat> my reading voice, verify <laughs> these facts to help others. Headquarters location, Toronto. Oh. Do you see what happened there? Sapir, yeah. do you see what happened Google. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means that Google was on top of things, yeah? Yes, very much on top of things, okay? And and you could see the progression of events. It was like perfectly – I will post the tweet that I put out about this with the screenshots in the show notes because it's like amazing Mm -hmm. to see it. Because right next to this verify the headquarters of the Blue Jays in the knowledge panel was a top storage carousel filled with three stories – at least in the initial three. You can only see three at a time – about where the team would play, i.e., Pittsburgh. So Google thought, whoa, 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 whoa. Are the Blue Jays moving to Pittsburgh? Because all the news articles are saying they're going to be based out of Pittsburgh, not Toronto. Uh So let's get some information from users to verify this because we're a little bit, and rightfully so, confused. (laughs) By the way, this is the best part, one of the best parts. When you clicked on that button to help Google verify where the Blue Jays are actually headquartered, it wasn't asking, are the Blue Jays headquarters still located at one Blue Jays way, Toronto, Ontario, blah, 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 which is the address of Rogers Stadium in Toronto where they play. Rather, the message read, headquarters location, Toronto. Is this info correct? Meaning Google knew there was like they weren't trying to move down the street or to a different area of Toronto. or Google understand like, I don't think they're still playing, or I don't think they're still headquartered in the same freaking city. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Come on. Yeah. that That's amazingly cool. So aren't you glad you went down that sports wormhole? <laughs> it was totally worth it. That's a gem. That's a total yeah, I'll, I'll gem. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It was, it, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Amazing. By this the place. way. Yeah, see? That's why it pays to keep up on sports. By the way. <laughs> Um, there are some real takeaways here from this outside of like it's just a really cool example of how quickly and how accurately Google is aware of things and, and, and the nuance and the details. Because one, it does appear now. 
or maybe it's building this for a long time, that what happens in the news carousel can impact you as an entity on the SERP. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there, and this is my second point, Google's really good with the details, even when it's not in Wikipedia, because this was not updated in Wikipedia. This was still this was a breaking news story still rolling out, and Google was about to make was asking to make a major change in the knowledge panel based off a news story because there was a lot of news stories coming out about this one particular topic. Not in Wikipedia. Google in the past has been very good at updating things in the knowledge panel as Wikipedia gets up like almost updated in almost real time, like when there's a trade of a player between one team and another team, within hours, the Wikipedia page for that player is updated and the knowledge panel is updated. There was no Wikipedia update here. None. It was solely based off the top stories carousel. Okay? And it shows you two, or I don't know what we're up to number one, number two of my takeaways, whatever number we're up to, it shows you how fast Google can go. Because this was the story, it was literally maybe an hour too old. That's amazing. And it just emphasized, it is. Google, it just it, it, it's worth repeating how aware they are of all of the details and all of the nuance. It's just amazing. By the way, for the record, the governor of Pennsylvania nixed the deals. They are not, the Blue Days were not allowed to play in Pittsburgh. They are currently, oh. yes, it's like a total cluster beep. They're playing <laughs> out of Buffalo, but their stadium, it's a minor league stadium that's not ready yet. Because they need to upgrade all the audio and the video technology so they can stream the the, the games, and uh-huh. it's a total mess. Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely curious. Thank you. Yes. Again, <laughs> I will we will we will link to the tweet that I put out with the screenshots of this. I'm um, in the show notes. It's worth checking out because it's very very cool. Really cool. Great job, right. Google. Okay. Enough about me. Enough about Sapir. Enough about the Blue Jays. I know why you're here. You're here for John Mueller as well as you should be. Because, well, John Mueller's awesome. So here we go with a deep dive into what it's like to be John Mueller and interacting with the SEO community. Here comes another search marketing expert. It's time for an in-search interview. This is an InSearch SEO podcast interview session. Today, we are talking to the big cheese himself. He knows the secret launch codes to everything at Google. He could tell you, but then he'd have to kill you. He's bigger than John Lennon, at least to SEOs. He's here to hold your hand through all of your SEO questions, like how long should my title be? He's the all-knowing, far-reaching, Twitter-answering SEO king, the man, the myth, the legend. He's John Mueller. Welcome. Hi. Good to be with you, Morty. So a pleasure to have you. I have to ask you off the bat, so the cheese thing. Is that a hoax? Because, like, look, I like cheese. I like cheese on pizza. I like, you know, cheese on eggplant parmesan. I have never met somebody who, like, likes distinctly just cheese. Um, so I, I think it started a couple of years back uh, where, where basically I left my computer unlocked and went to get a coffee or something in the office. <laughs> and then Gary found my computer and he was like, hmm. What what can I do that won't get me fired? Uh, so, <laughs> so he went to Twitter and posted about cheese. About cheese. So that's how. It, so it's not true. Do you even like cheese at all? Oh, I I like cheese. Cheese is fine. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, do you like Gary after this? Sure. Okay. Sure. Were yeah. you angry? Were you like, hey, dude, don't ever touch my computer again? No, it, it's like. 
I, I think it could have gotten a lot worse. So that was, <laughs> that, that was fine. That's, that's life perspective for you right there. The good, good for Corona times. It could be a lot worse, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that you would miss now where everyone's working from home. I, I think it would be very awkward if Gary snuck in here and typed something <laughs> on my computer now. That, that would be like, like you know, breaking and entering. That's like a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unless so, he's got a key to your house, which in that case, he would just walk right in. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, I, I don't think he has a key to my house. That's probably a good and idea. I, I think it would actually be pretty cool. It's like meet, meeting people again in person, something, at least on our side, we kind of miss. Like we, I, I think most of us haven't been to the office since like March. Yeah. So it's. Same, it's same here. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we, a lot of us work remotely, even though we live relatively close. But we usually get together once or twice a week, and that has not happened since March. So, and I don't know when it's going to happen. Things are shaking the magic eight ball. Things are not looking good, right? Yeah, I mean, at, at some point they'll be they'll be fine. So yeah. like we we have to hold out, and like in some places it's a bit more of a struggle than in other places. Everyone's circumstances are a bit different, but I'm I'm pretty confident at some point it'll be over, and we can kind of look back on it as this weird time. Yeah, well, it's, this is going to be one for the history books. Okay, so let's talk about you. Great. I, have, so I, have, I have some fun questions. I have some like, you know, whatever, you know, let's get to know John Mueller questions. I have some hard questions for later. I'm saving them in my back pocket. Um, it's, at least for me, they're hard. I'm not trying to get you or anything, but they're not like softball questions, I hope. If not, I totally screwed up my job. So how did you get to becoming a Googler? Was there an ad in the newspaper in the classifieds for a Googler? Um, so I, I think so, so. I had a software company before joining Google, and at some point the company was going well, and like everyone did at the time, like we we should start doing web hosting and doing stuff on the internet <laughs> because internet might become really big at some point. <laughs> uh, so good call. Sitemaps just came out. Uh, I, we put together a sitemaps generator for Windows. It got pretty popular. We, or at least I started posting in the, the Webmaster Help Forum at the time. And uh, at some point, I got an email from someone from Google. and was like, hey, would you like to drop by the office? And it came to a domain where I usually don't check the email. So <laughs> it was a bit of a coincidence that I even got the message. But uh, yeah. After that, it it kind of got the ball rolling, and it took, I'd say, like at least a year from then on to like get through oh, all wow. the interviews, get everything set up. Oh, that's serious. They really vetted you. Well, on on the one hand, there's that, and on the other hand, I had my own company, and I didn't want to just like leave right. from one day to the next and close everything down. Uh, wow. So it, oh, that's serious. It took a while. Well, do you yeah. miss that? Do you miss having your own company? Or is Google um, our own company? It's I, I don't know. So every now and then, I, I think it would be fun to, to have a company of my own. I, I think when, when I joined Google, I so, so I passed it on to, to one of the other folks that, that were working there, the whole thing. And uh, I, I kept a desk there because okay. I was like, like working nice. at this big American company, that's not going to last. And uh, I, I think maybe a year later, we we got together again and I was like, I, I think we, we can get rid of that extra desk. Right. Well that's cool. 
I mean, you know how this, this is how rumors get started. When you say, yeah, you know, I sometimes miss it. Someone's going to say, well, John Mueller said he sometimes misses working for his own company and it's going to blow out of proportion. You know that's going to happen. I mean, not on, no one on, right, okay. Does that piss you off, by the way, when that happens? You just sit back and laugh. I, I mean, it happens. It's, it's something where, it, especially around search, there is so many different things that play a role. Whereas sometimes one thing applies to one very specific situation and it's like, oh, it's like you have a server error. And then suddenly it's like all websites have server errors. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, which like, well, it could theoretically apply to other sites, but it's like there's really one specific thing. <laughs> That's so. funny. I mean, is that why, because this is one of my hard questions I was saving for later. I'll pick it out now. Um, is that sort of why sometimes there's maybe a contradictory opinion out there amongst the Googlers around a given topic? Because things get taken out of context or there's, or the context is so specific that people are applying it in the wrong way or maybe you guys just don't agree. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the context is, is a really big one there where it, there, there are lots of situations where where things really depend on the website and, and on what people are trying to do. So that's something where at some point someone might go in there and say, like, hey, you should mention your keywords a little bit more often if you really want to rank for it. Like at the moment, you don't have them at all on your pages. And uh, for a different website, it might be you, you should work on your internal linking. And then you take those two statements like, well, websites put, should put more keywords in right, or right. work on internal linking. It's like, what is it? Like make up your mind, Google, <laughs> and it can be it can be either one of those. And there are also, I guess, situations where where things are kind of hard to uh, distill down into one specific item, where it's it's really hard to say like what what is the number one thing you should be working on. Right. Where depending on the current I don't know state of the ecosystem and, and how things are happening. Uh, one person might say X, and the other person might say Y, or like not X, like don't work on this. And that's something that I, I guess that just happens from time to time as well. And these things can change over time too, where it's like at some point we might say, oh, everyone should put authorship markup on their pages, <laughs> and, and a couple of years later it might be, well, you don't really need to use authorship markup. Like these, these things change. So it's like funny because like, you know, it probably doesn't help that SEOs like to oversimplify things sometimes and, and that yeah. can be a little bit hard to deal with i, I mean there, there are lots of really smart seos that understand this nuance and they understand what they should be watching out for and taking the feedback and applying it to those situations uh, but they're like with any other kind of niche there are always new people that join in and they try to find like this one simple trick that they right. need to do and then they it's like oh i need to put keywords on my page and so I, I will put Five million keywords on my page now. It's a problem because, like you know, it's fo it's like funny. We're in we're in twenty twenty, obviously, because we're all stuck in twenty twenty. But like all of these tactics, they're stuffing keywords. And all, it kind of like feels like you know we should have moved past this a long, long time ago. And we, it's like a, it's like a bad date. It just doesn't end. And I don't know why. I, well, I mean, on the one hand there are more and more people that join kind of the, the SEO world, which, which I think is critical. It's, it's important that you always have these beginners that jump in that have no idea what they're doing. And on the other hand, people like to keep their old content online. So these random old SEO blog posts from, 
I don't know, 2001, 2005, they're, they're still out there. And people can still find them. And, oh, yeah, uh, they're findable. They have, they're on Google, by the way. They're on Google. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they still exist. So, so people find this old stuff. And uh, it's, yeah, I, I think it's, it's one of those things also where it's important when you get started that you realize that things can change over time and that you should kind of watch out, test things on your own, try to understand the reason behind kind of right. why why people say something. Yeah. It's not yeah. like a magic thing. It's like you put this magic symbol in your title tag and you will rank. It's try to understand, well actually the symbol is the word I want to rank for and making it obvious to search engines what my page is about is kind of what you need to do. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because like one of the things that I notice on online I spent a lot I spend too much time on Twitter. Although you spend a lot more time on Twitter than me. I don't know how you do that. Do your thumbs hurt? I, I don't use my phone on Twitter. Okay. It's always that's like smart. That's smart. Yeah. yeah, that's smart. That's good. <laughs> so like one of the things you see on Twitter is, you know, oh, well, John Mueller said this. Oh, yeah? Well, I think you're wrong because John Mueller said this a different time or Gary said this another time. And, you know, it's, it's one thing, like, it makes a lot of sense that you're going to say things, people are going to take them as sort of like the gospel. It's almost like you're SEO Jesus. Like, John said this. It's not a disputable point anymore. And is that something that's really healthy for the SEO community? Because you just mentioned, like, yeah, understanding why things are happening and the context around things are happening. And I feel that sometimes that gets lost. Not to blame me. It's totally not your fault. That that kind of gets lost because sometimes people just say, well, one of the Googlers said this. So it's like the Old Testament or the New Testament, whatever faith you are, or the Quran. So we have to we have to follow it. It, it, it happens. <laughs> I, happens. I, I think at some, at some point you get used to it. And it's something where I, I think those who have a bit more experience with regards to, to SEO, uh, who, who've been around maybe a little bit longer, who've tried more things out on their own, they realize there there is a lot of nuance in in some of these simplified things. So that's something where like those those people I'm not so worried about and the people who just take things like this one sentence answer to solve all SEO problems, I I think they'll learn over time as well. So it's I mean it happens, but it's not <laughs> sometimes it's not like that. No, and, no. And things on Twitter are always really hard anyway oh, because they're so short. And it's, it's very easy to just take this one sentence answer and turn it into something else. And like you can even quote the source, but there's a lot of context that's kind of. Twitter is sort of like lobotomy. Like sometimes you need one, and sometimes it's just bad. <laughs> it's a funny way to describe Twitter. Um, okay, with that question out of the way, because that's one of my that's one of my deep questions. Um, I have another one for you. Um, you know, sometimes SEOs gripe. I don't know if you know this or not. Like sometimes they complain. We complain a lot, which is why I feel like I fit in because I like to complain a lot. So it's perfect for me. But sometimes that's not legitimate. Sometimes it is legitimate. For example, something off the top of my head, like um, I was talking to Allie Berry um, a couple of times about this. She works as the SEO for The Motley Fool. And, you know, they have a problem with um, ranking above their syndicates, right? So Yahoo Finance always outranks them, even though they're the original source of the content. And, and when that problem was brought up to the wider SEO industry or the the industry in general. So Danny Sullivan came out and said, well, hey, look, you have to negotiate your contracts and make sure that the canonical points back to you. And when I was talking to her, she's like, yeah, that's a great advice from somebody who probably should know better because he used to run Search Engine Land. What leverage do I have as a small publisher over freaking Yahoo Finance? Like 
they're going to put whatever they want. And, and in the end, they stop, they stop syndicating. So when you have these sort of gripes that they, you know, they kind of seem legitimate, and sometimes it kind of comes off that Google's glossing over the problem. How do you deal with those real issues, those real concerns in a way that, and it's got to be hard, that actually addresses the issue, even though Google might not be making a change around this? It, it is hard. And it is something that, that we take seriously. So, so the whole syndication thing, that's certainly one thing that, that we take seriously. Um, and it is something where we try to make sure that our algorithms are kind of resilient against these kind of situations. So. So, some kinds of scenarios are, are just common on the web. And while there are ways that you can resolve it on your own, which if, if you're a savvy SEO, you can, you can kind of work out, um, it's, it sometimes also makes sense for us to make sure that our algorithms can handle it as ideally as possible. And I, I don't know this, this particular case. So it's, it's really yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not worried about the particular case so much. Sorry. No, but it's, it's something where. I, I see Danny, Gary, Martin, like everyone else who's kind of active in the public comm side of things, they, they escalate these issues to the, the teams involved all yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. And it's something where we, we realize that we, we would ideally like to improve our algorithms in this regard, but that's more of a long-term prospect. It's something like we, we need to run the various tests to figure out like how common is this problem, how, how visible is this problem? Is it just mm -hmm. like this yeah. one particular query you're, where you're right. doing something specific where a user, when they look at it, is like, well, this is wrong. Google should get this better. <laughs> but uh, the, the millions of other queries that people commonly do, maybe they're OK. So we need to kind of analyze that. And we need to come up with a plan to kind of handle that situation overall and then test the, the different options and get all of that out there. And that's something, it just takes a while. Yeah. So that's something where we, we'd ideally like to improve this on our side, but the, the short-term approach to fixing it is something that you could take into your hand as well. Uh, so generally, in our, in our messages outside, we will say, well, this is what you should be doing. And like, we have it documented here. And it's like, you, you could have been doing this all this time <laughs> instead of, kind of uh, complaining about this or kind of eating it into yourself and, and getting getting complaints from other people about it. Um, but it's something where we'll try to figure out a way to resolve it. And our kind of we'll try to figure out a way to resolve it is, is generally something that we try not to promise externally. Right, right. Because we, we don't know. probably a good idea, right? You don't know, right. And maybe it'll turn out that it's like, well, this is a really weird use case that we don't really have time to work on because nobody runs into it except for you. <laughs> And only when you're searching in this really weird way. Uh, so maybe we won't be able to resolve that. Maybe we will be able to resolve that, but it's something like a couple months away, mm -hmm. or it's in one of the next big core updates, or maybe it is something that we can fix in a week, but we can't really know for sure until it's actually live. So it's, it's pretty much impossible for us to make yeah. any promises in that regard. So that's why you'll see, I, I guess, the, these kind of answers on Twitter will, will be like, well, you can fix it. Uh, if you fix it, it'll be resolved fairly quickly. Uh, we, we do take this feedback on board, and we try to improve things overall. But that's something that just takes an unknown period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know personally firsthand, like, there's been problems that I've seen on the SERP. I've gone to Danny. He's like, OK, I'll pass this along. And it, and it was fixed. And you guys are really, really good about that stuff. And it's 
it's a hard position that you're in because people think, well, it's Google. They have unlimited resources and they can do whatever they want. They're basically like, like you know, omnipotent. Um, they're not Bing. They're Google. Little dig there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's not that it's not that simple. And it's, you know, it's a good point. I never really thought about it like that. When you guys are speaking, you're not speaking. I know you might be answering me or this particular person, but you're really speaking to everybody at the same time. That's a really good perspective to keep in mind, folks, because it is hard to speak to one person and everybody at the same time. I'm wondering, do you, is it uncomfortable? Like when you say, like, hey, look, that's a legitimate problem, and I don't know if we can fix it. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens from time to time, and it, I, I think with regards to it being kind of uncomfortable overall, that's something you kind of get used to over the years, where you learn what what you need to watch out for with regards to how you phrase things so that it doesn't come across as kind of this one one shot answer to to solve everything around SEO. Uh, and sometimes there are situations where we don't really have a great answer where it's like well you can't really do anything about it and on our side we we can't like quickly just solve that for you uh, and uh, that that can be on an awkward discussion to have uh, but I think those are important just as well because it's something where it's like if if people understand that we don't have a magic answer to this, then they'll know that they don't need to wait for an answer. Maybe they find some other workaround, like say, well, okay, I'll stop doing this and start doing slightly different thing for my business instead. Right. I mean, look, it's life. Like, there's not always an answer to the problem, or at least an immediate answer to the problem. So it it happens. Um, yeah. Hal, you do an incredible job with your language on Twitter, or in general. And it's, that must be, I could not do it. I would lose my freaking mind. How long did it take you to get good at that? Because that is a real skill. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> uh, but, I, I mean... There it is I, right there. I, there it is right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started in, in the Webmaster Help Forums, where we had a lot of these cases come up as well. And... There, it's sometimes a little bit easier because you can expand and give a little bit more background information, a little bit more details on what to watch out for, those kind of things. Uh, so that's something where you kind of learn to, to interact with, with people of different mindsets. And uh, I, I think the hard part is that, especially back then in the Webmaster Help Forums, there were regularly people who who were like really in a bad situation because of the way that the website was performing. And that's something you still see on Twitter every now and then. Uh, it is so sometimes really hard to, to engage with people like that, where you when you look at their website and you say, well, this is really not great content. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm sorry that it worked so well for you all these years, <laughs> and you rely on this as your main source of income. But I, I don't see a simple solution. And those, those are pretty hard discussions where even if, like, afterwards you would look at the site and it's like, this is a terrible site. Right. Nobody should ever have done this. <laughs> and it was maybe our fault that we ranked them so highly for such a long time. But as, as someone who's active on the internet, if you're doing something and it works really well, you get a lot of money from it, you start to rely on that. Uh, it's, it's very easy to fall into a situation where you, you depend on this thing working, even though maybe you realize it's not really the best thing at, at all. Yeah, that's an emotionally charged situation right there. That's people's yeah. livelihood. And then, yeah, that definitely sucks. Um, 
not to not to make light of that by asking a more lighter question, but it, ha, has you ever been out and about? Just like it kind of came into my head as you're speaking, um, which is a scary place to be in. You're out and about with your friends, and you know you're hanging out. Not like you know before COVID ever happened, and you're like, huh? Oh, I can answer that like you know the regular way, or I can answer that like I answer other SEOs online with a very nuanced, you know, very thought out language. Has it ever like slipped out by accident? Um, it, it is something that we, we watch out for because it's, it's very easy to kind of give, give an internal answer or a confidential answer to a question where you don't really know if everyone understands that this is actually something internal or confidential. And that's something that we, I, I don't know, at Google we learned fairly, fairly early on in terms of like, the, the confidential things that you work on, you should keep them confidential and make sure that you, you don't like talk about them with friends and with, with buddies because it's very easy for something like that to accidentally get leaked. And it could be like, well, I met this guy from Google and they're working on, I don't know, <laughs> rocket some ship crazy, to Mars. crazy thing, Mark, rocket ship to Mars, and maybe they don't realize that actually this is not public information. <laughs> and then suddenly it's, Kind of this weird rumor that's spread around so that's something we do watch out for and if people i, I don't know if, if friends ask me about ranking and kind of the things that we do in search then i i do watch out for that yeah. to, to make sure that it's like look i can't i can't talk about the internal stuff i can tell you but i have to kill you kind of thing we're back to that i don't know I mean, you won't have to kill it's anybody that's harsh pretty extreme. that's pretty extreme right I, I would maybe shun you i would have to shun you for a little while um, what's your, what is your security clearance? Like, you know, like, are, are, do you have like the keys to the codes? Is like, are you one level down? Like, how, where's your, where's the John Mueller security clearance go up to? We, we don't have, I, I don't think any like security clearance levels. Um, but, but in general, a lot of the kind of confidential code, it is kind of siloed away for, for those people that explicitly work. And I don't, I don't work on the code, right. so I don't, I don't need access to that. Um, I, I have access to a lot of the, the kind of leads on the quality side, on the ranking side. So if there are questions, then I, I can contact them. And they also kind of need to watch out what they tell me because it is something where, like, you're telling someone who's not directly involved. Uh, so kind of need to make sure that it's framed appropriately or that it has the right caveats so that like I don't take the answer and it's like, oh, you need to do kind of magic magic meta tag on your page <laughs> and then everything will be fine. Uh, but uh, it is something where the, the leads take the information that we bring back to them very seriously and they do try to find ways to improve things overall. And sometimes like having SEOs complain about something where as a user, when you look at it, you'd be like, well, that seems fine. <laughs> but you realize for publishers and SEOs, maybe that's not so great. Um, that is something that the, the leads very, very much care about oh, and that they do try to make sure that it doesn't cause any problems, that they can fix whatever issues come up, uh, all of those things. So sp speaking of that and speaking of, you know, security access and transparency, all that kind of stuff, one of the things that, that inevitably comes up, and I, like, I have to ask this, I would lose my SEO card if I didn't ask you this, um, or at least if I cut a corner off. You know, so, you know, Google's very tight-lipped about, you know, let's say an algorithm update. You know, guys, you know it's gotten a little bit um, 
of a different dynamic. Now we have the core updates and they're, they're getting pre-announced and good job naming them. Thank you for doing that. That is a very big help. Florida 2 clearly makes no sense. Um, so kudos for that. You know, but it, it kind of, you know, it kind of comes up every once in a while. Like, you know, why is Google more transparent about what they want or what they're looking for? And I understand like in the past, like that would lead to a lot of gaming the system. But as, as the algorithm has gotten more complex and AI, I mean, there's one statement I saw, who knows if this is right or not. You know, like you Google themselves, we don't understand the algorithm. It's so complex. It's based on so much uh, machine learning and so forth. What would be the harm in being a little bit more transparent or is it just like, we're not doing it? Being a bit more transparent. Is it even I possible? I, I don't think it's impossible, I, but uh, there's, there is a lot of abuse and a lot of spam happening. So people do try to find all of those loopholes. And the, the other thing that, that I sometimes see is that it's, it's very easy for people to kind of fall into the trap of working on one specific element of the algorithm. Like if we, if we were to say keywords and titles have an extra, extra I don't know, weight, I don't know if that's the case. It's like, don't don't use this. Just an example. <laughs> right, right. Um, if if we were to say that, then people would focus very much on that one specific aspect, and then they they'd work on that, work on that. And for us in search overall, the idea is not we want to show keywords and titles, but rather we want to show relevant results. And if people instead of working on relevant content, they focus on keywords, then at some point our algorithms will be updated, and we'll say, mm. well, actually. The keyword meta tag is the one that we give more weight to, which is not the case, but it's like just an example. Uh, then suddenly everyone will be like, oh, 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 I have to kind of move again. And you keep moving the goalposts, Google. Whereas if we say that it's the, the primary aspect for us is really relevance and the quality of the content, uniqueness of the content, then that's something you can work on in, in lots of different ways. Right. Like you, you can make sure that your titles match. You can make sure that headings are clear. You can put the content on the page. Uh, you can build an internal site structure that matches that. There, there are lots of different ways that you can focus on that. So it kind of takes away from focusing on that one tiny part of the algorithm and encourages people to think about, well, where is search headed and what can I do to remain relevant rather than what can I do to be relevant at this one specific time? No, that's that's a really really good point. You know, it's it's something. Quality of the content is is one is rarer than I think people think it actually is because creating quality content is very very unique. Quality content is very very hard, um, but it's also really hard to understand like what is quality content. Is that something that Google? You know, we sit down, we thought, we think about it because it, it's almost like almost an ineffable sort of thing. Like, what is authoritative? What is quality? What is quality content? It's hard to really you know, pinpoint that and define that, it looks very different from one piece to another piece, from one niche to another niche, and one site to another site. Is that sort of the reason why you guys have sort of shied away from talking about that? Um, I, I don't know if, if that's a reason why we shied away from okay. talking about that. I, I think one of, one of the difficulties is that more and more content is being produced online, and that just means that the competition is, is always a lot stronger. So if we try to improve the relevance of kind of the search results and we pick a slightly different uh, approach to understanding relevance and kind of quality and all of these factors, then that can have a pretty strong effect on, on the sites that are out there where when you look at them, you're like, well, it's not a bad site. It's not that they're doing something wrong. 
is just this other one is just slightly better for this specific query. So that that kind of makes sense. Okay. So overall, it's something where I don't know these these specific changes are. It's not that there's something specific that you need to be doing differently. It's just well, like in the bigger picture, things have shifted slightly. Yeah, it's it's really hard. It's like very subtle, nuanced, and all that good stuff, which makes it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And these things do change over time as well. Where when maybe initially people were like, oh, I, I need to find something that just matches my keywords. At some point, they'll be like, well, I want an answer to this question that I didn't actually formulate correctly. Yeah. And we, we need to understand that and kind of shift the, the relevance and the search results appropriately. Yeah, so one of my, one of my points today, one of my talking points is that you know, content is probably the most malleable thing on the planet. My classic example is a 1960 presidential election where um, it was the first televised election. So it's the first time people are consuming a television de um, debate between Richard Nixon and JFK. And the way JFK looks, it's like he clearly won the debate. Nixon you know, had a five o'clock shadow. He, he looked grumpy. He was grumpy. And it just didn't come off that way. And you know, content is constantly changing. And what people are looking for out of their content is constantly changing. How we create content, how we read content, how we find content, it's constantly changing. So that makes your job must be like really fun. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't have to come up with all of the, the reasons why, why things are different. So I don't have to figure all of that out all the time. Uh, so on the one hand, that makes it a little bit easier. But it, it does mean that things change. And every time we, we talk about something externally, we need to watch out for kind of like, where, where are we headed with this thing? How can we make sure that we don't paint ourselves into a corner by saying, you should be doing this? Like, does that? kind of uh, limit us uh, in the future when things yeah. change in, in some slight way. That's a good point. Um, I have one last um, serious question for you. And I've always wondered about this. And it's not really that big of a question, but it's like a personal inquiry of mine. So you have the Googlers and then you have Danny Sullivan. Right? So you have the search liaison and you have the Googlers. What's the difference? Well, Googlers in general is essentially anyone who's employed at Google. So. Danny okay. Sullivan is a Googler too. That, that's a, that's an easy out. That's an easy answer. Okay. So so there's that. Uh, but uh, in in general, our our role is more around uh, interacting with websites directly around search, and Danny's role is a lot more around interacting with kind of the general public around mm -hmm. search, and that also includes kind of various policymakers and all of those people who, who don't specifically have a website of their own. Uh, so if someone has a specific question like, how do I do this in search? How do I get these specific rich results? Then that's something we'll try to help answer. Uh, whereas if someone has a question around, like, why am I getting these weird results in search? Or like, why is Google doing this evil thing with search? Then that's something more uh, on, on Danny's <laughs> Good for you. Good for you that you don't have to answer that. <laughs> Okay, so with that, I have this fun little game that I do with my guests. I call it Optimize It or Disavow It. It's where I give you two really good options or two really bad options. It's zero sum, and you could say it depends. That is a total cop-out, and you're stuck choosing one good answer over another good answer, one really bad, crappy answer over another crappy answer. It's totally uncomfortable. At least I hope it is. That's the, that's the intent here. Um, so this is the John Mueller version of Optimize It or Disavow It. So my scenario to you, sir, is you're on the Titanic. 
and you just hit the iceberg. The boat is, you know, it's going vertical. Everybody's falling off. You get into a boat, a lifeboat, and there's only one more seat left. And there's Martin and there's Gary holding on to the railings with, you know, puppy dog eyes. Let us into the boat. Who do you let onto the boat? There's only one seat left. I, I would swap out and let them get on. Oh, that is such a nice answer. That was good. That was a good answer. Wow. That's very noble of you, sir. <laughs> well, I mean, l- luckily we're not on the Titanic, but it it is something where I think at, at some point it's good to, to have s- some other faces out there doing a lot of things. So it, if it came to a situation where like, well... We, we need to downsize or we need to change something specifically, then I, I think it would be good to have some new faces uh, working on these things. And Martin is really new, and Gary is kind of newish. He's been around a really long time too now, but uh, I, I think that would be good. <laughs> this is why you are the master of this. That was amazing. John, I just wanted to tell you, we all really appreciate everything you do. It takes a ton of time, ton of effort, and by God, a ton of freaking patience to deal with all of us. And I really, I just want to tell you personally, I really do appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. All right. And we are back to your regularly scheduled insert SEO podcast. Dude, who knew the cheese thing wasn't true? I feel so lied to. Aw. Not true. I mean, he likes cheese, but it's not a thing. Gary hacked his computer. Uh-huh. Wow. My, my world was shook. Yeah. Totally shook. If I didn't already know that going in from an interview he did with Barry Schwartz and Essie Roundtable, my life would have been really shook. So. Okay, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <Mishaista>. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Sapir, a lot of news, a lot of things to talk about. I My throat hurts. I don't want to talk anymore. So could you please hit it with the news? <laughs> By, by the way, wait, before you go, by the way, I didn't really mean that. When I said I don't want to talk anymore, I always want to talk, but my throat does hurt. <laughs> okay, Morty. Stop talking either way, okay? Let me do the news. I will I will take a backseat. Thank you. You're welcome. Phew. Yes. Google is testing a new top stories carousel format. The format has the main story at the top of the card, but links to another story towards the bottom under a header header that reads for context. This was really cool. I love this stuff. So you ever so you ever read a news article like about a particular story and you jump you're like you're like way late to the game. So like this mm-hmm. seems like a really important news story, but I have no clue what the hell's going on. Because mm-hmm. you don't have the context. Well now Google's giving you the this happens to me all the time. Well now Google's giving you that context. It's amazing. Top of the card. Did you say that your throat hurts? Yeah, but I said I love talking. I love talking. But your throat hurts. But I love talking more. I'll get I Let it hurt. stiff upper lip. Let I'll get hurt. through the pain. It's an amazing little feature. It's it's one of the times that Google really gets it right with upgrading or updating its SERP features. I think to a post we put out a couple of weeks ago on the Rank Ranger blog, it speaks to Google going a little bit deeper with its journeys as opposed to just broader. But yeah, okay, now I'm done talking, Sapir. Oh, you're done. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Moving on. Google's AMP test will now pick up the presence of a web story, letting you know if the story is eligible for an appearance on the SERP. And that's cool. I have nothing to say about this. It's pretty just self-evident. Hey, if you're doing web stories, now you can check it out and get validated. So when I don't have anything to say, I don't say it's up here. 
Right. You you have nothing to say, but you still wasted like 30 <laughs> seconds saying nothing. You want me to waste nothing? <laughs> I can do another 30 if you want. No, please no. Let's move on. After being in testing for a year, Google screen ads have started to roll out. These ads are similar to Google's local service ads, but cater to professions such as lawyers and retailers. Right. This is not to be confused with um, paying $50 to get your business um, verified by Google and get your green badge and all that kind of stuff. It's the same similar kind of program, but this is for professions like lawyers and retailers, like you mentioned, getting a version of the local service ads. Done? Are you done? You, you know, uh, it's it's the same jokes appear over and over again. It's getting old. <laughs> I, I, I don't know when you're going to stop. I mean, you keep talking. I just wanted to clarify. Okay. <sighs> Jeez. <laughs> Insulted. Moving on. Go ahead, move on. <laughs> Did Google imply they use clicks to rank sites? A document found as part of Congress's investigation seems to maybe imply they do, but doesn't specifically say so. Oh, that was clickbaity, Sapir. That was clickbaity. <laughs> I did it so well. That was very clickbaity. So yeah, Google and Facebook and blah, 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 they all had this summit at Congress and Congress asked them some really great deep questions because Congress really clued into the world of technology, not. And part of their <laughs> Congress investigation was the release of all these documents and Rand Fishkin posted on, on Twitter, hey, it looks from this document that Google's looking at clicks for ranking. Not exactly. This is a great question. I mean, I think that, you know, everyone oversimplifies this on both sides. No, they aren't. Yes, they are. Um, there is there is a patent, for example, that Bill Slosky wrote a whole piece on. It's um, how Google ranks things in carousels. And from there, it does look like they use clicks to rank cards in carousels if they are using that patent or not. I don't remember the details. I haven't looked at that patent in like months. But it's out there. Look for it. Google it. Find it. And take a look for yourself. Um the problem with using clicks and you know bounce rates and all that kind of stuff is that they're not exactly accurate portrayal of what users are actually doing. For example, if you want to look at bounce rate, you can stay on the page for an hour and not actually have looked at it. Just have it open in a tab. Um, from this particular document, I think Pedro Diaz wrote on Twitter, and it's a good point. You can't say that Google's using this to rank directly. It it sounds like yeah, they're they're factoring in clicks and making a gen you know to, to understand user interaction and how users are um, interacting with the results, but not in a direct way. Okay, now we're going to rank this higher. Now that one lower. It doesn't, there's nothing in the document that says that, which is true. So it's an interesting argument. I think it's a healthy argument to a certain extent. And I think it gets oversimplified on both sides of the camp. I, yeah, whatever. So I'm done. I'm rambling at this point. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> Lastly, as in the last item, Morty? Oh, yeah, right. I'm supposed to pay attention okay, to yeah. that. Lastly, <laughs> the new Bing Webmaster Tools is here. The launch of the new platform comes with a slew of new tools with more coming. Mm. There's mm. that new URL inspection tool that has some new link tools. Um, they have tools around uh, validating your robots.txt file. Cool stuff from Bing. Mm -hmm. And they say they're coming out with more, so that's good. Sounds cool. Yeah. I'm done talking, Sapir. Are you done talking yeah, with, the with the news? The news, yeah. Thank you, Sapir. I'm welcome. sorry. I forgot you said lastly. I'm a loser. <laughs> I'm a failure. You are. I know. You are. <sighs> I'll just quit now. But first, it's time for your fun SEO send off question. <laughs> 
What greatness do you have for us this week, Sapir? Okay, so for this week's uh, fantasy of send us question, we're asking, what nickname would you give Google? What nickname would you give Google, Morty? Um, Googly Goo. Oh. <laughs> Googly Goo, because like a little baby. Googly Goo. That's cute. <laughs> That's why I, I like that. That's good. I also had a similar answer. Mine is um, <laughs> Googie. 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 <laughs> uh, it sounds like... I don't want to say sounds what that like sounds like. Because like, I have a really bad joke what? to make. I can't say it on the air. Wait, I don't, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. What does it sound like? I just snorted. Oh, that's a, good, that's a good answer. Thank you, Sapir. Yeah. You're welcome. That's inspiring. That's an... Yeah, very cute. Googie. Yeah. Hey, Googie. Googie, Googie, Googie. Googie, Googie. Okay. <laughs> That'll do it for this week's edition of the In Search SEO Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode of yeah, the In Search SEO Podcast, where we talk to Ori Mutznik. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been In Search because we're all in search of something. something. Toodles.